Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What is going on, CEOs? De Niro will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, I'm here with Angel Rebo. Angel is known as the CEO confidant. He is a business influencer, LinkedIn strategist, international TV host, public speaker, CEO consultant, board member, and philanthropist. Today, we're going to talk about how to grow a business, how to create a good company culture, and so much more. So let's get started. Angel, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. What about you, Daniero? I am doing great. Again, thanks a lot for being on the Remote CEO Show. My listeners are super excited about this conversation today. You bet. And <laughs> and listen, um, I ask every single one of my guests, what were you doing before starting your business journey and becoming an entrepreneur? Yes. So what I was doing is basically I was working with a high tech company, a multinational company. Uh, the ownership of the company was actually French. So it was 3.5 billion euro company. And I was there as a, um, in charge of uh partnerships for one of the uh, sales channels that this company has here in, well, in, in, in the Americas. So that's what I was doing right before I left corporate America, De Niro. Awesome. And, you know, everyone has a different reason for starting a business and going on their own. Some people want to chase money. Some people want to chase status Some people freedom. What was your main driver, the main reason why you took that leap? Yeah, I wouldn't say there's only one. I think there's a there's a few, right? And one of them is probably the that in 2015 I had a spiritual experience that allowed me to see that oh, everything I had lived uh, outside of my you know home country, which is Spain, every everything everything I had lived in, in in Latin America, actually I had to actually help you know uh, put in place a foundation to help the kids in those in those in the, in that continent. That's really one of the reasons why I left corporate America. But also, let's say you know when when you're when you're working in a place and you see yourself that you know maybe you're not appreciated enough or the things are not going you know the way you like it. So, um, but it, it's a, again, I'm, I'm a very very positive guy. So I, I think that everything happens for a reason, and uh, I really believe that you know at the end of the day, the most important thing is just to be fully present and making the right decisions, whatever you are in your life. A hundred percent. And so let, let's talk about your business. So you, you let's go back to 2015. You said you, you quit your corporate job and then you started working on your business. Um, is it the CEO confidant or is it something else that then led to the current business that you have? Yeah. So, yeah. So the, I had this, that, that experience I had in 2015, I left corporate America in February or in March, 2000 and, 16 
And uh, yeah, I started my business uh, at that time. Basically, what what we did at that time, and we keep on doing, is basically both corporate CEOs and established entrepreneurs. They hire us to bridge the gap globally for expansion and exposure as a way to accelerate the growth of their businesses. So basically, we help them to go internationally with whatever it is that they are creating, offering either a product or a service, whatever that is. And uh, the CEO Confidant brand started really at that very same time. It's not the name of my LLC, but it's the name of the brand. And it started because when I left corporate America, you know, um, when you work for, for a company, you have an structure, right? And that's, that structure gives you like, you know, security, right? I mean, you, you feel like you're doing something within the framework of something, right? So those limits, those boundaries help you to feel more like secure about what you're doing. So when I started my own journey, I started counting my blessings, literally. Yeah, but because I felt, I think that probably everybody relates to this. When you leave the security you know, of, 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 of working for a large corporation and you go to work for yourself, it's not the same thing. You feel a little bit like, uh, yeah, like you are in, on, on quicksand, if you, if, you, if you know what I mean. So, but I started to count my blessings because I thought really, I mean, what, what have I done with my professional life? And I started counting really everything I had done. And that was a great thing to do because I went from being really like fearful and, you know, uncertain about what I was going to do to saying, oh my God, I have helped so many people. I have helped so many salespeople. I have had, I have helped so many distributors. I have helped so many CEOs. And I actually started to help to count the CEOs I had helped and the companies I had helped. And when I reached 1500, I stopped. So literally since the 90s, when I, when I started my, you know, uh, professional career, I left Spain and I started my sales career in the 90s. I have to say that I, I, I said, I mean, I wasn't aware that I had helped so many CEOs. So I said, okay, so my brand is going to be the CEO confidant because, you know, I have helped so many CEOs. And the reality is that when those CEOs, you are able to help them grow in their businesses, then they come back to you. And they ask you for more help, more support, and different kinds of support. That's why I started, I started this brand that obviously I, I love and been using it since 2016. Awesome. That's an amazing and empowering story that all my listeners Thank at you. home will definitely uh, love. Now, I want to talk about what you actually do in the business. You said that you help CEOs scale their businesses outside of their country so and, and go international. Can you tell us uh, what type of framework you use and what are the uh, areas uh, that you help businesses uh, thrive in? Yes. So it's, it's, I have two very distinct audiences that I serve. One is corporate and the other one is entrepreneurs. And I help them both the same way. Typically, Corporate has like a more established structure and uh, the, the answers are, are more obvious, right? Than to the entrepreneurs who, who typically, they don't have, let's say, they don't have their finances so, you know, explicit, so in place as, you know, corporations have it already. But basically, it's very easy. As I said before, it's expansion and exposure. It's sales and marketing. That's, that's, and, and the first thing we do is always, you know, where would you like to go and for which reasons would you like to go? If they already have answered themselves this question, then we go to the next step, which is, are you ready to go there or not? If not, then we start thinking, okay, so what is your product? What is your service? Who do you think this product or service could serve better, right? You have already developed 
that product or your service, all, the, all your intellectual property is there and you would like to benefit more people. That's what you would like to do in another area. So, you know, what do you think is the area where that would, you know, serve more people? So you would, you would be able to make a larger impact, right? So that's the conversation that we have in the beginning. Once we have decided where, uh, you know, where this, uh, you know, company wants to go or this entrepreneur wants to go, then we start talking, okay, so if you want to go there, do you have the financial stability to do that? Do you have, is your company profitable enough? Do you have enough cash flow to do that? Because that's going to take, I mean, easily one year, right? One year, two years. Uh, I mean, you, you need to do, to test the waters. You need to do a lot of things, you know, before you are successful. You need to, you know, you probably need to change your value proposition, which is you need to change your product. You need to change your service. You need to adapt it. Maybe you have to translate it. Maybe you have to find local, you know, local partners. You always, all the time, you know, you are going to ask yourself, okay, so legally speaking, can I do business in that place? Yes or no, in that geography. It can be a country, it can be a region. So do I have to have my own legal team there? Do I have to have legal assistance there? Do I have to have CPA, tax assistance? You know, do I have to get HR support there? So all these things, which I actually, I don't do those services, but I provide all my clients with someone local that can help them, you know, find the answers that they need to find in order to, you know, be able to, you know, to solve this or to answer those questions. But my work is basically focused on making sure that the product and the service can reach that market the right way, find the right partners and find the right clients using marketing and using uh, sales, both sales and marketing strategies adapted to that country. Remember, mm -hmm. we're not invading an economy, right? We are adapting to that economy so that we can provide them with an additional benefit, which is our service or our product. That's really important. And actually it's funny how in another, you know, in, in another uh, you know, area in my life and in my business, well, which is my nonprofit, it's the same thing. When we go to help underprivileged kids in Latin America, we, are, we make sure all the time that we adapt to that culture, regardless of what their culture is. We're not there to invade anybody. We're going there to impact them positively, right? So this is really important. And some people miss that. Some people think even, you know, let's say businesses based in the US, some people think, no, no, no. In order to, to sell to the UK or to sell to South Africa or to sell to Australia, you I don't have to do anything. I just sell it as it is. And I use the same marketing strategies. Mm -hmm. I have to say, unfortunately, it, it's, it doesn't work like that. You really have to make a sales and a, and a, and a marketing effort. Are you going to get to have some sales? Yes, you will. Right, the heavy lifting that you can do personally, but still, please take into consideration those cultural differences with the area that you want to expand your business to. A hundred percent. This is actually a very, 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 um, you know, interesting point that you're making because I remember when I, I have a bachelor degree in 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 international business, and I remember one of my favorite courses was cross cultural communication. It's all about being able to, like you said, start thinking like the market that you're entering so that, uh, you know, they say you catch more bees with honey, right? Not with vinegar. You want to go in and really 
try and match their culture, their ways of thinking. And then once you do that, everything else will come easier. Makes total, total sense. Listen, I wanted to talk to you about, because the majority of the uh, listeners on my podcast, they are entrepreneurs scaling their business online. So definitely going uh, outside of their local area of their country and putting together uh, a team. So from the hiring perspective, the HR perspective, uh, do you have any tips that you can give our listeners so that they can put together a cohesive team without, you know, uh, like you said, invading another country by just bringing their corporate culture abroad and expecting everyone to follow it blindly? This is a great question. That's why I always suggest the first, like the first step Right when you go to the shore of that particular geography, I'm just making a metaphor here. Yep. Is try to find someone local that can help you. I remember a few years ago I was having a, a conversation with a group of investors in uh, in the northeast of the of the U.S. and they were telling me right now we're only investing in high, in high tech companies that they're actually looking for indirect sales models when they expand internationally. They're looking for not to sell directly, but, you know, sell through other people that already know the market, right? So that's the first thing. I would never hire someone locally unless you already have developed some basic people that you already sell through, at least for a few months, okay? It doesn't have to be forever, but at least, but you know why? Because by interacting you, right? Mm. By you interacting with those partners in that geography, by doing that, what happens? that you learn the culture, you learn the issues that might be there, right? You learn all that stuff. So then when you have to go and hire someone, then you already have some basic knowledge and foundational knowledge of what you have to do when hiring. Number two, when you're, when you're ready to hire, you know, you're going to, obviously you're going to hire someone that already knows the customers, already knows, you know, the particular industry that you want to go to and you want to sell to, blah, blah, blah. But obviously, have your local partners interview that person along with you because they will be able to notice things that you will never be able to notice, right? And as you know, I mean, to be honest, you know this, uh, and everybody who has hired someone in in their lives, they know that. I mean, obviously, you can put as many, let's say, conditions and, you know, the description of the, the job description can be really detailed, and you can you know, look, do, look for so many things, but it's like really tossing a coin. It's yeah. really like tossing a coin. I mean, you can be, it, it can work for you or maybe, and, and, or, or it cannot work for you, you know? Yeah. But still, the more you have local information, the less things you're going to miss in that interview process. And it's going to be the first person, right? And I also think that the first person that you hire has to be the person who in the future is going to lead maybe the office or the business in that in that specific geography because that yeah. person then will help you find build the rest of the team it's funny how that happened to me three times in my career and i was always it's funny because i was hired by foreign companies coming to that country but i was not you know born in that country so i actually learned the culture of that country and the companies hired me because they already had learned the culture of that company. Yes. So as, what I'm trying to say is that don't necessarily look 
for someone who is native from that country, yes, which sir. is a good idea, obviously. But what about someone that has the perspective that has already worked there for similar companies, right? Or they, they know the yep. industry. But again, they might give you an external view of the recruiting process and, and of the market. Yeah. You know, I, I am a, I have to say, maybe that's the reason why I work with so many companies and so many CEOs. I always look for unconventional knowledge, unconventional knowledge all the time. And I really think that this unconventional knowledge has always helped me to do things that the other people wouldn't do. And what I just told you were just a few tips of, you know, thinking out of the box, right? Yeah. It's easy. Those are easy things, but maybe you have never thought about it. Right. For sure. A hundred percent. You know, you, you really, uh, there's a lot of golden nuggets that I can really bring up, but let me think about the last two that really gave okay. me those aha moments. And I'm sure that my listeners at home are taking notes, by the way. And if you're not, unless you're driving, you should be taking notes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, first off, you said, you know, it's costing, uh, it's tossing a coin. And it's very true. I interviewed a lot of people that were very, very good interviewees. It's almost like they have a professional career in interviewing. <laughs> but then when the job starts, they completely change. Their way of acting changes. Their way of you know, working and their work ethic completely changes. So like you said, it's very important for you to have someone even local to that area that is on the call and is able to spot those, you know, blind spots that we can't really see as CEOs ourselves, especially if we're hiring remotely. And the second thing that you said, you said you can hire someone that is now native to an area. And I know that to be very, very true because some of my best team members are people that have traveled the world themselves. They explore the areas they worked in other countries. Now they're ready to take their career to the next level. They have their back home perspective, wherever back home is, and they have their local perspective because they've been in that place for a long time. And what we do, Angel, and tell me if you think it's a good idea. I mean, I think it is because we do it in our business. But like you said, I find places I try to work with one VA virtual assistant in a local area. And then if I like that person, then I, again, like you said, try and hire more from those areas. We've done that with Bulgaria. We're doing that with Ghana right now. We've done it in the past with Philippines. We start with one person, very small, you know, very, you know, you know, dip your toe in water. And then if we like what we see, then we expand. So do you I recommend people doing something similar to that? Yeah, it depends on it depends on what you're trying to accomplish in that particular country, right? I mean, yes. a local a local opinion of someone that you have already built trust with is is priceless. Obviously, regardless of what they do, right? Regardless of what they do, but if you're really serious, right? If you depending on what you want to accomplish in that particular area, I mean, you you already have to have um, you have to have you have to put more skin in the game. That's basically my 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 experience, right? So yes. um, I understand what you said. And I think obviously it can work very well, but if you wanted to reach out, let me give you an example that I have. Yeah. For instance. If, if I wanted to reach out to the top five oil and gas, you know, supplier companies in Brazil, for instance, yeah. I should probably hire someone who would be like, you know, higher level kind of salesperson that already has a portfolio of clients in his life 
this kind of thing. So again, it depends on the goal that you're trying to achieve on that particular country. But to your point, I think that we are really on a war for talent. And if yes. you read, if you read, you know, these big consulting firms that are all over the world, the war, the war for talent is going to get worse. Yeah. And I think that there's amazing talent all over the world. You mentioned three, you know, underdeveloped countries, right? I think that there's super smart people that are willing to learn, that they're already doing a great job, and they can do an amazing work for you and for your company. Totally. I mean, and they will obviously, for them, when you offer them maybe a salary, which is, you know, more sensitive because you are growing and you want, you know, sensitive to your expenses, right? Because you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great, this is a great way to do it. But also, let me add again. Yeah. Make sure that you adapt to their culture, even yes. if it's only a virtual assistant. Don't try to manage your virtual assistant in Ghana and in the Philippines, you know, and in Namibia the same way. It's not going to work. I mean, really, you have to make an effort. You have to make an effort. You might even think. Again, you know, because we, that's who we are. I mean, we're entrepreneurs and we, we think, okay, we're going to spend this and we're going to spend that. Regardless of how much you're paying that assistant or whatever work or role that person has for you, make sure that you really, really, really spend time learning what the country and what the market is offering to you. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Listen, Angel, I wanted to ask you a question about what's, uh, you know, what, what's coming up in the future. Are you working on anything exciting that you want to share with the audience? Well, totally. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've worked for many different industries and one of my favorite industries is hospitality. I actually started working for the hospitality industry only like two years ago, um, helping them with uh, influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, I have a very strong presence online, mainly on LinkedIn. You know, I have a, a lot of traction on LinkedIn. People follow me. I have a large follow, follow, uh, following there, are almost, almost 30,000 people following me. Wow, nice. 80%, 82% of those are C-level executives. And these are the executives I, I, I help. And I help my clients to reach out to those executives in a continuous basis. And the hospitality industry is exciting. Because it's very, it's very well organized, but at the same time, at the same time, you know, they, the locations where they have their facilities can be really fancy, and I really like that. For someone who is a, who is a, a traveler of the world, who considers myself, I consider myself a citizen of the world, and on top of that, one time I was, I was actually working. You're gonna like this. I was working with a spiritual guide. And uh, she did some work with me and she told me that seven lifetimes ago, I was a Templar Knight. Okay. okay. So I think, uh, and if you research that, you will, you, will, you will understand what I mean. So I think that I have this warrior kind of spirit inside of me. Yeah. Uh, and I think that definitely all those things I just told you to answer your question, I think that relate to each other. And I really like, and I really see myself doing more exciting things with the hospitality industry in the future. 
And, you know, it's a perfect, perfect, perfect time. I mean, like I've worked in the hospitality industry myself. Um, I've run several webinars and, and, and seminars with uh, uh, tour operators, with restaurants, with, uh, with anything in between, really. We are working from Italy remotely right now, based in Canada, working from Italy. And needless to say, here there's hospitality industry is the biggest industry there is. And uh, after COVID, I know that uh, a lot of people are just itching to go on vacation, on, on adventures, on, on travels in general. And uh, like you said, the hospitality industry is definitely one that's going to blow up again in the next few months. Um, okay. Joe, listen, we had an amazing, amazing chat amazing energy you have like honestly um thank where you. can people find you online i know that they want to know more about you thank you yeah as i said before i'm very active everywhere online so it's easy to find me on social media outlets very easy as angel Rebo. my last name is four letters r i b as in boy o angel Rebo, or you can look for the ceo confidant and yeah. uh, I'm going to give you my direct email address. So you can write uh, me an email anytime you want. Either my team or myself are going to answer that, that email. It's angel, A-N-G-E-L, at angelrebo.com. Angelrebo, one word, dot com. So I will be very, very glad to answer your emails and to, to have a, a conversation anytime. Awesome. Angel, again, thanks a lot for being in the Remote CEO Show. And I'm looking forward to having you back in the future. Absolutely. Anytime. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Daniel, thank you very much for having me and thank you everybody who's been listening to us today. Awesome. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at B. D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B and I will send you the direct link to the review section and to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again and I will talk to you again soon.